I love that song. I'm going to play the whole thing. I love that song. I'm Melissa Red Pill, the world with the Freedom Force Battalion. I'm glad you're here. We're not afraid. We know this is the promise of God. It can never be torn away. And that we're, yes, we're, we're fighting these snakes. We're going to win. We're going to win. This is the day we're going to win. I know that's the truth. So I'm, that's why I'm here to tell you. Uh, we are, like I said, we're the Freedom Force Battalion. I'm going to show you right here where you can go. If you want to learn how we're so confident here that this is the great day that we've been waiting for. Why is this not behaving? <laughs> I think I got it too big. All right. So this is, um, yeah, freedomforce.live, freedomforce.live. We look at the, you know, who post 17 posts, the current events and the Trump tweets or communication from Dan Scavino in the light of God's word, because this is biblical. This is literally biblical, not just figuratively, not just yeah, we've had a lot of more eyes on our channel and I'm really thankful. Thank you guys so much for sharing this because, you know, I always have to stay on message so that everybody knows this is the promise of God, that, that nothing can stop what is coming because it's biblical. This is what God promised. That's what he means by this is biblical. And so I know I sound like a broken record to all of you guys that I just keep going on trying to make sure everyone understands that no matter what we're talking about. But today we're doing it, going to be talking about the creature from Jekyll Island and making sure that we know what happened there. Okay. We're going to go on a little trip and I'm going to play a big clip from someone who actually went there and he's going to tell his story. So I'm going to do it something a little different from you, from what we usually do. But when you go to Freedom Force Battalion, freedomforce.live, you will see this, this, uh, this screen right here. And this is the book that I was able to write to compile the revelation. Everybody keeps saying this is revelation. Well, it is. And um, I'm a Bible teacher. And so I, I was able to decode revelation. And it's not what they told us. It's not the end for us. It's the end for them. So, and we're going to enter a thousand years of peace. We're going to have health like crazy. These people have stolen so much from us, not just money. They've stolen our health. And that's why it's so important for us to have money so we can fight back for our health. And so we're going to see beautiful days, peace and all of that. That's what we're headed for. They tried to seed our thoughts. It, it was inevitable for the beast to take over the world and the Holocaust and all that. And no, it's, that's not what it is. So this is very exciting. But here is where, if, you want to, if you're new here and you want to see these videos, look at the playlist. I have literally 500 videos showing just uh, so much research on who is Trump, who are we, who is America, what is in the heavens. There's signs the Lord has given in this us in the heavens. It's uh, on this playlist called Biblical Astronomy. So definitely, definitely check it out. And uh, here's all the social media. So we'll talk about there in a little bit. But first of all, let's jump into talking about the the um, uh, the Federal Reserve, which is what started on this Jekyll Island, okay? And this book by G. Edward Griffin, it would be a great read if you want to read uh, that book, would be 
awesome to read that book. All right, so um, I'm going to show you what this island looks like. First of all, let me just take you to a map. Where did I? Oh, here we go. I clicked on the wrong thing. Here is the map right here of this um, of Georgia on the, this island off the coast of Georgia. And so I'm going to just zoom in on it. We're going to go on this little trip to this really, uh, this place that has been used for evil. Okay. And I'm going to talk about what my opinion is on some of this, but anyway, but I've read and what I believe is really going on here. So we look at all these little spots here. They are actually on the inland side for the East River side of the of this island, not on the, the beach side. Okay. And so if you zoom in, you'll see all these buildings. There's Moss Cottage and Goodyear Cottage and Mistletoe Cottage. Okay. I'll, I'll slow that down so we can see it. There's Moss Cottage right there. Goodyear Cottage, yes, as in the tires, uh, Mistletoe Cottage, and there is Indian Mound Cottage. We're going to focus on that one today, okay? And uh, then you've got you've got more. Let's see, right up here is the uh, the Jekyll Island Club Resort, big fancy fancy place. I don't really think I want to go, but anyway, you're going to find out why here in a second, okay? Fancy, 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 okay. So this is Millionaire's Row. Of course, now it's not, mil they, they would in today's dollars be, you know, billionaires. Basically the people who were there on Jekyll Island, you know, owned a fourth of the world's wealth in just a handful of people. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. I mean, even just saying that you'd realize they were, they were up to no good and had this by, demonic power and that's what we're going to be talking about okay so jekyll island millionaire row so here those those houses i was just showing you here's a picture of actually these different houses that i was just showing you okay on millionaire row and this is from back in the day okay so this is the one that we're going to be talking about specifically this is the the indian mound that's the rockefeller cottage and so it's not fancy in the sense of what we think of as fancy and to be honest, they they were even not fancy for them. This was just like a little, you know, getaway home. But the point is what they used it for, okay, which we know now. They, this is the beginning of the Federal Reserve, okay? So, yeah, that's the one right there. Right there is the house. Let me make it a little bit bigger so you can see what we're talking about here. That's the house right there that was uh, was the Rockefeller Cottage the Indian Mound Rockefeller Cottage, okay? So um, here is, let's see. Okay, here's a picture of the, this is actually the train car. And the man's gonna talk about this on the on the video that, that there was a train car to get down there, but they just pretended like they didn't know each other. They were just, and they weren't even really using their names because they didn't want people to recognize, oh, this is the Rockefeller. This is the Pulitzer. This is Vanderbilt. This is Goodyear. This is Macy. Okay, you know, because then if they realized, hey, this train is filled with Macy's and Rockefellers and Pulitzers, what is going on? Something's going on. They so they went uh, anonymously, so no one knew that who they were. Anyway, that's the inside of the train car, and then here's the, the train Pullman, and says Jekyll Island Club operated as a private winter resort from 1886 to 1942. Whatever. This is just a just a, a regular website about this, but it, at least it shows the the houses. 
you know, fancy. Okay, so then this is actually Rockefeller right here. Look at what it says. In 1915, this is the first transcontinental phone call. Theodore Vail, president of AT&T, is on the phone while William Rockefeller is listening in. So, you know, you think, oh, well, this is just a, a wealthy man and he's just helping us to have good communication. No, no, he's a rock, a feller. And we're going to talk about that rock. What is this rock? Okay. Their names really give it away a lot of times. All right. So, yeah. So here's, here's that Moss Cottage. Um, let's see. This one was owned by the Macy's for about 20 years. Moss Cottage. Okay, the Macy's. And then here's one, the Mistletoe Cottage West uh, by uh, the Porters. Okay, seven bedrooms. And so here's the here's that big Jekyll Island Club right there. Um, again, this one is the Indian Mound Cottage for with Rockefeller. All right, and let's see, who's this one? Pulitzer, there's Pulitzer Cottage. And then, and to be honest, they really weren't as fancy as probably what they had in their regular home. But the whole point of this place was not about fancy. It was about something really nefarious. Um, Hollyborn Cottage of the Maurice family. And here, let's see, who's this? This one's the Cherokee Cottage. Um, I don't know who that, who had that one, Cherokee Cottage. Anyway, so you get the idea. Crane Cottage. Uh, Jay, this was interesting. Look at this one. Frank Miller Gould, grandson of financier Jay Gould, had visited Jekyll for, for, for years. The cottage is named for his daughter, Marianne. They called it um, Villa Mariana. Interesting. Interesting. Of course, we know that that was something that they were like, okay, well, how did he have this information? So whether this is very, I'm not, I haven't researched into that, but that's just very interesting. Some dots that were very interesting to connect. Okay. Which I'm not going to go into that aspect of it, but let's go into, yeah, this is the Indian cottage. This is uh, this is the house in which the wealthy um, cabal members um, signed, uh, signed the, came up with the Federal Reserve, okay? This whole thing, it was created in this house to basically rob the wealth of all of the people of America. And then when they created this, the Federal Reserve here, which was from the pits of hell, okay, then they did the same thing in every country. As we know from the boards, the 17 boards, this was something that was instituted all over the world. Every country almost, except for what, five, had a central bank. And so to, to basically change out their assets to paper money to fake money. Okay, so here we go. I'm gonna show you some pictures. Um, there's, they uh, went to this area. There's, it says Indian Mound. Okay, you've heard of Indian Mounds. And then, so the Rockefeller Cottage, you know, and all that, there's the, there's the sign outside it. And they're saying that the, that the, the Indians who were in this area were Timukua. Okay, they're gonna talk about them. And I don't know, I don't really know that I buy some of the things that they talk about, about the Timakua, that they were Phoenician, that they were Phoenician or Venetian. That's, you know, well, I'll talk about that in a second, but I don't know that I buy that because I know the cabal and the way they operate is that they will say, oh, well, look, there's this, you know, this is what these people were doing before. And we did, we were not part of that. We wanted to turn Jekyll Island into something beautiful and wonderful. You know, I know how they, you know, 
they they blame stuff on other people. And we know that uh, the the Indians who were in America had, were not Baal worshipers. I really do think that many of them were Hebrews who had come to America or you know to this new world um, long, long, long ago because they were trying to get away from all of that. Okay, so the Indians were not doing that. They were you know living on the land, and yes, they did fight back when they were mistreated. But that's but that was not their practice to do that. Okay, like the Canaanites that did this evil Baal worship. Okay, so they've got and they've got some pictures in here um, of that. Yeah, the okay, um, and they're saying that this is what the Timical and maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know, and I'll we'll hear what this man has to say. Anyway, okay, so you know, they've got these pictures here and they're whatever all their little deal. Now, this one is she's. It's um, talking about the size of the people. And so, you know, a lot, I've seen pictures of all these skeletons. I've seen it. And again, I'm y'all know me. I'm very skeptical about whether these things are true. And so I do know that the Bible talks about, you know, Samson being very big and Goliath being very big. So I, I don't have a problem with someone being very, very large. We've even had people nowadays who are very large, but some of these things I just am skeptical about. My thing is when it talks about giants, I think the biggest thing is, is giants and evil. It's not about their physical stature because we know, for example, with Rockefeller and all of these others, they weren't big men. They weren't, that wasn't what made them so evil. What was made them so evil was their practices, their evil practices and their ruthlessness, again, straight from the pits of hell, straight from Satan himself, that, that, that gave them the, the evil, um, ideas of how to raid America and really the whole world. Okay. So that's really what it is, in my opinion, more than about size. Okay. So, you know, maybe these people have been dug up. Maybe that's fake news. <laughs> We're in this day and age where we know that so many of the things that come out are fake news. So, you know, and they could make a something that looks like a bone and or a skull and, you know, I know, I do know that there have been, the Bible talks about there have been giants, but the, the issue really is the more important issue is giants in the way of evil. Okay. That's the big issue that the Bible talks about in my opinion, as far as Nephilim. Okay. So that's a picture of the Island that I just showed you on this map right here. Okay. When we, when we zoomed out, that is what this Island looks like right there. And so that's a close up of it. Um, right here. Okay. So they're going to say, talk about this Timakua um, on this, this part of this Island back in the day. Okay. And all the different things that they did. All right. I think that was mainly everything I wanted to show you from that. And so now this man is going to, to, uh, to, to tell his story. And I really appreciate him connecting these dots. And I thought this was something very important for all of us to know. Oh, before I start on that, and I want you to see where is Phoenicia? I'm talking about Phoenicia, which so many times if you listen to the word, you're like, oh, well, that sounds like Venetia. Okay, so I need, I think many of the Phoenicians moved to Venice and became Venetians. Okay, this just, uh, you know, anyway. So, okay, if you remember, the Bible talks about Phoenicia in various places. And so here is this whole area right here, Phoenicia. And you might have heard about the woman from Tyre and Sidon. 
the Syrophoenician woman. Okay. I think I've told you about this. I've told you so many Bible stories. I know I have told you about this one, but um, oh, the, she's the woman whose daughter was, was possessed by demons. And she came begging the Lord, please Lord save my daughter. And, you know, he was like, well, I can't take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, which doesn't sound very much like Jesus, but he's, he's, you know, she had lived in Phoenicia. She had been in this area and they had probably participated in some of this evil. And that's what you get when you open the door for the demons that don't be surprised if they come in and take over. It's not that complicated. And so, yeah, so, you know, that's he, when you talk, whenever you hear the Bible talk about Phoenicia, it's talking about these very people, not necessarily really, um, a physical bloodline always it's more that they teach their children these practices and i need to actually quote the verse to you from exodus chapter 20 it says you know that he keeps mercy to thousands of those who love him and keep his commandments but he will punish to the third and fourth generation those who who despise him and do not keep his commandments okay so they just keep going from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And they keep perpetuating this from generation after generation after generation. Okay. And they teach their children this and they, you know, they, they brainwash them even from a young age that this is normal, that you are the king of the world and everybody else is just a, you know, a, a, an animal and you can treat them however you please. Okay. So because we are the elite. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So whenever you see in the Bible, Phoenicia, I want you to realize it's talking about cabal. Okay. That's a little, that's free, a little free tidbit. So here, for example, in Isaiah 23, it says the Lord held out his hand over the sea and shook the kingdoms of the earth. He has spoken out against Phoenicia, ordering that her fortresses be destroyed. This is what we're doing right now. This is the day when we will ultimately destroy them. We've been working on this for a long, long, long time. Even when our Lord Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why? So that people have a happy life? No, the church has dumbed us down so much. It's just to kick out the evil, to, to stop the evil, okay? That's the whole point is that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters fill the sea. That's the whole point that his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. So that's what we're working toward. And so we're so fortunate. We're so blessed to live in this day and to see this happening, despite the fact that it's crazy. Okay. <laughs> it's so crazy right now. It is the day we will see with our eyes, the, the destruction of our enemies, just like he said, he ordering her fortresses to be destroyed. And we're going to talk about this fortress on Jekyll Island of what they built to, to destroy America, but their, their kingdom will be destroyed. All right. So here's one in Obadiah, uh, talk about a Phoenicia. Here's the one I was telling you about that woman from Syrophoenicia, Syrian born in Syrian Phoenicia. Okay. So she was from this area, right? She's Tyre and Sidon, right? You know, all this Syria. Basically, you know, when you think of Syria, just north of Israel. So Jesus had actually gone outside of Israel. He's, she's in, you know, he's in her neighborhood. And so she comes begging. And the funny thing was, Jesus didn't say a word to her. I shouldn't get off in this story, but whatever. Anyway, the, the, the short part, part is the guys who were with her, were, uh, who were with Jesus were like, send her away. She's getting it on our nerves. And, you know, Jesus is, has, he cares about her. And she knew that. Somehow she knew that she knew that he was her only hope and that if, 
if she was going to have get any hope, she couldn't go to anybody in here. <laughs> she couldn't go to any of these Rockefellers and Macy's and all of them. Her hope was in the Lord and that he was the one who was going to have to help her or she wasn't going to be helped. Okay. So that's the same for us. We go to the Lord because we know he only, he can help us. And so, yeah, so, yeah, so she, he, he, he did answer her and he says, your woman, woman, your faith is great. Yeah, that was cool. And so he said, your, your daughter is, is healed from this very moment. And she didn't have to have him come to her house. She knew and she went and she was fine. She knew. So that's, that's the faith that we have. We know that the Lord is saving us in this day and that only he can do this. And we're, 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 we're sunk if he, if he doesn't, but the good news is that he is anyway. So I want you to see that this is who it's talking about. This is again, not as much when they talk about bloodlines, I don't really think it's so much about blood because we've seen, I've talked about this before because that ends up making us racist. And that's not our, that's not our issue. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, the ones who continue in the evil. And yes, many times it's in a, in a culture that they've taught and they've perpetuated this, but it's not because of their blood or their race. Very important that we just draw that distinction. It, you know, if we don't, we're going to really find ourselves in a, in a, a, in the pickle. All right. So here is that video. I wanted you to see where he's talking about this. This is from this site. Oh, oh, I want to show you one other thing. Let's see. Hang on. I want to show you one other thing. Where was it? What's it? What's it? What's it? Hang on. I want to make sure I'm showing you. Uh, okay. Maybe this one. Okay. Here's the one I was telling you about, about, um, uh, e G. Edward Griffin with this book, Great Patriot, The Second Look at the Federal Reserve. So he goes into explaining it. So if you want to get this book, I would really, you know, recommend it. All right. So let's jump in and let's get it. The Creature from Jekyll Island, which recounts a secret meeting that took place in 1910 on Jekyll Island, a stretch of white sand beaches and beautiful landscape off the coast of Georgia. It was an exclusive gathering of American financiers, politicians, and banking elite who covertly plotted the draft legislation for the creation of the all-powerful central banking system that not only financed both world wars, but has become an accomplice in the support of totalitarian regimes throughout the world. An excerpt from the book claims that, quote, there are few historians who would challenge the fact that the funding of World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War was accomplished by the Mandrake Mechanism through the Federal Reserve System. An overview of all wars since the establishment of the Bank of England in 1694 suggests that most of them would have been greatly reduced in severity or perhaps not even fought at all without fiat money. It is the ability of governments to acquire money without direct taxation that makes modern warfare possible, and a central bank has become the preferred method of accomplishing that. We theorize a strategy dubbed the Rothschild Formula in which the world's money cabal deliberately encourages war as a means of stimulating the profitable production of armaments and keeping nations perpetually in debt. This is not profit-seeking, it is genocide. It is not a trivial matter, therefore, to inquire into the possibility that our elected 
and non-elected leaders are, in fact, implementing the Rothschild formula today. Okay, I really encourage you to make sure to maybe go back and read that, uh, listen to that one more time, because that is is so well said, okay, to understand this is what has enabled the wars, okay? It's the money machine that has enabled the wars, and it's basically genocide. Well, there's been some movements to combat this globalist totalitarian network, which has not only financed communist revolutions around the world, such as in Russia, China, and more recently in South Africa, which were all triggered by engineered social uprisings aimed to remove existing power structures using class warfare and amplifying socioeconomic and racial tensions enforced by a banker-controlled media. We can see the same pattern played out in America today, where manufactured civil unrest is used to erase history and promote cultural Marxism, in a nation which already promotes falsehoods in schools, starting from its name, which was not really based on the explorer Amerigo Vespucci, whose authentic name was actually... He's going to actually talk about this this uh the, another thing but if you're new to the channels you might not know that america and i didn't i don't have one of my omers but omer is a barley grain and uh um, america is from that we are this bundle of of barley omer omer that's our true name again they always hijack everything and they use it for evil they say oh well this you know this was this is what America is about. No, America is not about what even he is going to say or what or the, what the cabal has said. America is about that we are the bundle of brains setting the whole world free. That's our great destiny. And he's going to say this, Amerigo, uh, you know, about this uh, in a demonic tribe or whatever that was doing all this, the Amerigos or whatever. And they worship this uh, quiche or whatever, plume serpent. I'm not going to really go into that. That's not really what my issue is. This is kind of gross. But yeah, so making this the land of Lucifer. Well, that's not what we are. We're not the land of Lucifer. And that's not our destiny. So that's what not what we were named after. Naming is very, very important. And so we are named after the Omer. And anyway, which which uh, Virgo is holding the, the bundle of brain. That's who we are. And we have this great destiny. Anyway, so I've got videos on that. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post, I always post everything. And like on this, this passage, this uh, place right here, where I was showing you the, the videos and the posts, I always post it. I'll put a link there. So if you haven't seen about the Omer, then you can check that out. I always uh, put the links in case you didn't know that so that you know uh, how to, how to find out this information we talk about. Okay. And I'll leave it to the listener to draw their own conclusions. I knew something about Jack okay. Okay, so let me tell you, this man um, is a historian, like an archaeologist, and he he's going over to Jekyll Island and he is meeting the maybe the curator for the museums. And so the curator, you know, knows what he's been told. But but this man is helping to connect the dots of what's really going on and what happened and why they built their home on this rock. So check it out. I have looked at some of the financial issues. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, I was looking at some of the uh, spiritual applications to uh, financial things, but I really did not, was not up to speed on the history of Jekyll Island. I had just heard it 
from something. I've not even read the, you know, the book that's called The Creature of Jekyll Island. I've not even read that book, but I was aware of something about Jekyll Island and financial stuff. So, so I, I went in my brother's house, got my computer out, and I just, you know, got on the internet and typed in Jekyll Island. It's like, what's going on with Jekyll Island? And so, uh, I discovered when I got online that the Jekyll Island Club, which was this historical, um, you know, multi-millionaires country club that had been built in the turn of the century, it had just been remodeled and reopened. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. When I got to the hotel, it was about 9 o'clock at night. And, um, and so I, I went in the restaurant and had a good meal. And uh, went to my room and got some rest. And the next morning, I went down for breakfast. And uh, a different different lady was at the desk, but she she had a note for me and said that I that I had an appointment arranged with the uh, museum director, and that he was blocking out most of the day to spend with me. So I had my breakfast, and then when I I went over to meet with him, so I go meet with the museum gentleman's name is John and when I go meet with him I just introduced myself I told him a little bit about who I was and what I do we started talking Uh, he was of course started out talking about the financial stuff because this Jekyll Island is where the Federal Reserve Banking System was birthed and conceived and at, at one time when it was functioning in the 1900s up to the 20s and 30s uh, some say one-third, some say two-thirds of the world's wealth would vacation on that aisle. Mm-hmm. It was the highest conglomeration of wealth in a single place very often anywhere in the world back in the turn of the century. So, Did he say one-third or two-thirds? I, I, I had missed that. Okay, so I was showing you this, mag- this uh, map here. So there's something else at the top. I don't know exactly. This is like where the the tennis courts and the golf. Okay, that's what that is. The golf club right there. But this is the the um, the um, the club resort is right here. So that's where he was. He went into this place right here and had you know spent the night here and and that's where he's uh, having the, there's the dining room and all of that. So yeah, did you hear that? That's a crazy amount of money that was in this one location. So check this out. It's these people right here were there uh, who had. Uh, property on this on this very exclusive land and uh, i'll read i'll play it one more time but uh, charles norton benjamin strong abraham P- Pyatt andrew paul warburg um senator nelson aldrich important um henry henry davison and frank vanderclip let's see what else of wealth in a single place very often some say one-third, some say two-thirds of the world's wealth would vacation on that aisle. Mm-hmm. It was the highest conglomeration of wealth in a single place very often anywhere in the world back in the turn of the century. So uh, it just seems like a little island that's not anything significant at all now, but it's amazing to see the financial side of the history of that spot. And so I... I'm sitting there looking at some of the the things that he's telling, just thinking about some of the things he's telling me. We went out, walked around, and he showed me 
some of the cottages that had been restored and the, the club itself and the, the rack of the tennis courts and, you know, the, they had a pier where the boats would come up and he's just kind of showing me the grounds and then we go to the museum. And he's talking a lot about the financial stuff and the guys that built it and each cottage was, you know, marked and named. Some of them had been restored, some of them didn't exist anymore, but they had like a sign that this is where this one was and that one was built by J.P. Morgan, that one was Rockefeller's and, you know, that one was... uh this, they they had each one of them named. Well, they're all kind of native names, and then they're all you know got some kind of plaque on who the financial mogul was that had built them. And they're not really elaborate, luxurious mansions. They're just simple cottages for the most part, which was kind of interesting to know that the richest people in the world built them, and they were very low-key and almost like a, you know, cabin in the woods instead of a luxurious house like you'd expect. And they all had Indian names. So I started asking him about the Indian history of the island, and he lit up. He just was like, that's what he really wanted to talk about because he loved the Indian history. And so he... uh, he takes me back to the museum, and he said, we got a lot of stuff on the Indians. He said, this was uh, actually uh, what the uh, government um, main uh, main community for a tribe of Indians that don't exist anymore. That tribe was called the Tim Yucas. And I said, well, that's interesting. My name's Tim. And uh, anyway, I didn't know anything about the Tim Yucas. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm I've learned a lot of Native history, and I have some Native bloodline, but I did not know anything about the Timucas. Um, so I just asked him, please tell me everything that you can tell me about them. I want to, there's something about the Natives that I feel like I need to know. So um, he said, well, the Jekyll Island Club was actually built on top of everything that the Indians had. So they just kind of wiped the village out and built a club on top of it. So wherever the chief's house was, there was a cottage now. Wherever the council house was, there was now the Jekyll Island Hotel. And he said everything that's built and visible today is actually sitting right on top of something that was significant in the Indian village when it existed. So he said the fact that this whole place had to go into ruins and then be rebuilt and become an archaeological state park, he said... It actually helped us identify the native history because the club itself had almost erased that. And so I said, well, you know, let's look at the museum. I want to see some of the Indian stuff. So we're looking at arrowheads and spear tips and, you know, just artifacts that they had found and pottery shards and things and seashells that they had had. And he showed me all their stuff in the museum. Um, he, He shows me some fragments of a weapon that was like an unusual bow. And when I say unusual, I mean that it was like a double-curved bow. And that was a very unusual shape of a bow for a native tribe. I had never seen that shape before with an American Indian tribe. And I've seen a lot of bows and arrows. So I asked him, I said, this seems unusual. I've not seen this before. In Oklahoma, every native tribe, the bows would look like a single bow or just a single curve. 
I said, this is quite extraordinary, especially as far back as this tribe was. So, um, as you know, we found a lot of weapon-type artifacts that we, we've not seen with other tribes. So what he's going to get to is that he doesn't think this was what they I think what he's, what he's trying to say is he doesn't think this is an American Indian tribe. This was not, this is basically what the cabal had done, not the, you know, the Indians. And this was not, you know, what was typical for American Indians. All right, let me show you one quick thing. Let's see, he was showing that. Yeah, okay, so and the, all of these, of course, are, are depictions and they could say, they could make it into anything. They could do, you know, we know the history books are <laughs> all written by the cabal, right? So let's see. Shape of the bow for a native tribe. I had never seen that shape before. I've not seen this before in Oklahoma. So, um, as you know, we found a lot of weapon type artifacts that we, we've not seen with other tribes. And I said, well, how do you know these were Native Americans? Maybe they were from somewhere else. He said, oh, no, no, no. They, they were. The Timia, because they, you know, they're they're well established along the Florida and Georgia uh, coast, and he said we got a lot of stuff in in three or four states about them, and they were quite prolific at one time. So he said we know they're Native Americans. I said, well, all right, what else you got? He said, well, we got some skeletons. He said, you want to see the the bones? And I said, well, yeah, you know that sounds. You don't get to see a skeleton very often. I said. Are they where we can actually see them, or are they buried? He said, no, they're visible. So they had a burial site that they had been very respectful for when they built the museum. When they found a burial site, they didn't move the bones. They left them where they were, and they just uncovered them to where they were visible, and then they built the museum on top of them. They did basically the same thing with the museum that the Jekyll Island guys had done with their houses. They put a piece of plexiglass over the barrel site so you could see it, but they were still trying to respect where the bones were and not move them. And so I'm looking at four skeletons of the Pimuka chiefs, and uh, they knew they were chiefs just from different things that were buried with them. So all of a sudden I look and I realize, man, these guys are really tall, and I commented to the guy that, you know, how tall are these guys? They look unusually large. And he said, yeah, they're all about eight or eight and a half foot tall. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem like a normal Native American, especially the tribes that I'm familiar with. He said all the Tinnukas were unusually tall, even the women. And he said, we found other skeletons and, you know, parts, parts of bones out in the grounds. And he said... Uh, we've got pretty good evidence that nearly all of them were extraordinarily tall. And I said, well, what is, you know, what? how do you explain that in relation to other tribes on the Atlantic coast who were not? He said, I don't know. It is an unusual anomaly. He said, oh, by the way, I've got a painting that you might want to see. It's actually the copy of the original. We've got it under lock and key. But he said, I've got a painting that, that actually shows the Indians. Uh, from a, a, a group of French colonists that came to the United States uh, before it was the U.S. This was right after Columbus. They said that it was the first colony of French uh, folks that came over to try to establish a colony on the coast. They said they landed in Jekyll Island, and they had some interaction with these Indians. 
And then they got so uh, appalled by what they saw and witnessed that they fled at night and ended up in San Augustine, Florida, and established that city. So I said, were they the Huguenots who were the French group that established San Augustine? He said, yes. I said, well, I'd like to see that painting then. So he pulls that out. I'm looking at it. And it shows the Indians and all their regalia, and they're dancing around and having some kind of a ceremony. And it's got the fire, and it's got just, it's a typical, either they're having a party or they're having a war scene. And and it it has um, some things with the weapons. So I said, gosh, this has got some weapons in it that clearly validates the archaeology that they found. And then I see an altar. And I'm going, I don't know of a Native American tribe anywhere in the country. I know some that had log houses or high places or worshipped, you know, nature in some way or had totem poles or that kind of stuff. But this one has a stone altar, and it looks a whole lot like the one that I had dealt with in the Middle East. And I'm looking at the picture, and I'm going, is this an altar? Is this? Stone, like something they're sacrificing on because this guy's holding babies in his hands in this picture. And he said, yeah, they're cutting those babies, they're hacking those babies up in that painting. And so what, when you look at the details, two of the shamans or chiefs are holding a baby up by the ankles and they're whacking their heads off and spilling the blood on this altar. Mm. And Okay. So... I want you to hear enough of the story of what he's saying. Um, in my opinion, what I'm, I'm going to guess is that the that's where that that's where Rockefeller comes from. He's the one with the rock that is, that does this horrible practice. He's the one. He and his his group. That's how they get have gotten their power to do this evil is because as the, as Satan told the Lord, he says, you know, you bow down and worship me and I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. Well, of course our Lord Jesus said no way, but these guys said yes. So I have a feeling that they, I just, I'm just guessing that they planted these bones. They made it out to be, Oh, well, this was what this tribe, because this is the only tribe. Has, that has done this? Uh-uh. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. All this history, basically anything that they write down in a, in a history book is a lie. I just don't, I don't buy it. You know, I don't care. You can show me all the bones in the world. I don't, I just don't buy it. And what, what I do know is that these people do that. The Rockefellers and all these people, that's how they've acquired their, uh, their amassed their wealth by uh, on the backs of all these people and, and uh, the evil that they would do, because that's exactly what, you know, what the enemy wants is for the, for the people to do such a, this Baal worship, this is worshiping Satan. Okay. So I just want you to see that, that that's really, I think what is going on. So when you see about the, they're blaming the Timucans, that's just cover (laughs) false flag. They're blaming the Timucans for what they do. And it's this, this rock, they built this on this rock and, you know, there may have been a rock some other Indians had and they had whatever they've made it out in my opinion probably to, to be that you know oh well this was this this tribe that did these horrible things no that's you 
that's that's all of you. And the reason we know that it's you is because you've basically sacrificed all of us, all of our lives, our futures, our health, our peace, our wealth, all of that. You've, you've been doing that all of our lives and we now realize it. Okay, so continue. I'm like, sir, I, I don't want to be disrespectful of your training and archaeological understanding and history, but I don't know of any native tribe that did what I'm seeing here, unless it was a, an act of war. And this is really, really unusual. And I've seen this type of scene with artifacts over in the Middle East. And I've seen weapons like this over in the Middle East. I said, are you sure this is Native Americans and not some kind of colony that came from over there? And he, he was convinced they were Native. And I said, well, I'd like to show you some things on a few websites that identify artifacts in the, in the Middle East countries, and especially Egypt and Israel and Syria and Jordan area, and I, some of those spots where there's some of these ancient groups. And I said, these, this type of altar, this type of religious ceremony, and some of these weapons, I've seen them before over there. Well, he was quite interested in that because he loves Native American history, but he's starting to question, well, maybe I need to dig into this more. That's, that was his comment. So I said, at that point, then I thought, I believe this is why I'm here. I needed, I needed to see this and, and hear about this. Um, you know, at this point, I'm not that concerned about the financial stuff anymore. I'm wanting to know where is this altar? And so I asked him, I said, can you, can I, can you take me to this altar? Uh, I often pray over these things, and it's very beneficial for the land and for the country and for the people. Can, can I go to this altar and see it? He said, I can take you to the altar, but you can't see it. And I said, why can't I see it? Is it buried? He said, no, no, it's not buried, but it has a house built on top of it. I said, who would be crazy enough to build their house on top of a blood sacrifice altar? He said, well, Rockefeller was. <laughs> so, nice. you know, I just like, okay, uh, can we go there? And he said, yeah, it's just a short walk. Come on. And we've actually, you know, had already walked by it. So he said, uh, I've got the keys. He said, normally nobody can go in. Um they, the, the way these things are set up, there are historical homes now. The state of Georgia owns the park. Uh, they lease out to another group, the hotel, to run. But the houses are maintained on the National Historical Register, and they're part of the state park. So you can't go in any of them without a guided tour or permission, but you can go look in the windows and walk on the porches and walk all around them. And they're, they're set up inside just like they were when they were actually being used in the, back in the 20s and, and earlier. So uh, we, we go over there, and he's got the keys, though. So we go into the house, and he takes me into the parlor, and he says, well, I know you're, you're a praying guy, so you probably would like to have a little time to pray. He said, you're standing right on top of the altar right now. This is the room that is built on top of it. 
He said, I'm just going to go over here and sit down for a few minutes and read the newspaper, and I'll let you pray and do whatever you need to do. Now, this parlor, that's where that's where those guys, J.P. Morgan and all those guys, actually conceived of the fact. That's it, right there, right inside this building that I was just showing you. That one right in this building, right here, the parlor looks like this, and that's where they were sitting uh, to conceive of this evil. And it's, it's on top of this place where there has been these evil sacrifices. Okay. Whoever did it, whoever did it. Okay. And, 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 and this whole place just gives me the creeps. Let me see if I can show you when you look at all of this and it looks like, Oh, it's so posh. It's so nice. It's, look at all the golf. I uh, just, uh, this, this, this is, uh, it looks like something we've heard about the black forest and that they, you know, I don't just, it freaks me out. I don't know if it was, if it's still used for that, but it, I'm thinking back in the day. Okay. So this whole Jekyll Island, Dr. Jekyll. Okay. This is the whole point of Dr. Jekyll and how they would, you know, it's just evil. So someone you think is so nice and looks so this person looks like a nice person and you don't realize this is a demon. They have been taken over by a demon. Remember the, the one who'd been like a thousand demons, Remember the legion, they, they, they have them literally dwelling within them and they give them the, the power to make all this wealth and, 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 and to, a, to, to destroy countries, people all over the world, just by these, this handful of people. I mean, it's, it, you can't see the demons in them, but you know, they are. So this is, and that's where Rockefeller got his name and this is in his house. Okay. So this was, uh, that's where he rock a feller. There you go. Now, you know, and we've all of our lives been told that these so wonderful and look at the Rockefeller foundation and the Rockefeller, this, and the you know, museum and all this, it's just everything you say is full. Federal, Federal reserve, right? Right over that altar. That's, that's exactly right. It's the room that they were sitting in when they drew wow. up the the uh, the entire legislation and plan to pass it that became the Federal Reserve Act. Wow. So this was the conception of the Federal Reserve Banking System on the parlor sitting on top of a blood sacrifice altar. Where babies were sacrificed. Yes. And so all of a sudden it's like, wow, no wonder our banking system has so much corruption in it, even when people want to do the right thing, you know? No kidding. Uh, and because, so, I, you know, just being... Because money, this, this, this fiat currency, this, this, pa this paper money is just, it's just a piece of paper. And every, every time you spend the money, it's, you're, you're, you're making an, it's a, it's a debt. You're just creating more and more debt. And it's the whole thing. is just, it's the biggest scam there ever could be. And it's, it, they've taken away all of our assets and hoarded them to themselves. And that's why I'm going to, that, that was reading to you that verse. I'm going to read you to some, some more about their, their, their day is coming to an end. That's the whole point of what I was telling you about this book and times it's the end of them being able to, to do this. We're waking up to all of it. All right. So check this out. Being a banker is not an easy job, but it's like not all of them are bad guys, but it's like, wow. And that was not what our founders set up. That took over. It usurped 
the authority of the way our founding fathers suggested that we bank as a country. And even the way it was passed had a lot of, you know, things that didn't seem right about it. Um, but the the idea that it was conceived like this, I'm going, this is not just a bunch of wealthy guys that got away for vacation and came up with a profitable business plan. This has got something diabolical, something occultic about it, something evil that's wrapped up with it. Yeah. And so even if, even if it had been a good idea and something beneficial for the country, which many would argue that it was, um, this demonic power must have gotten into it because they didn't just create a bank. They created a banking system that every one of us have, have become subject to. So, so think about this. We've got a piece of money that wouldn't be of any value whatsoever if we didn't attribute value to it. Our dollars are only worth something because they're measured right. against something else. And the problem right. worldwide is every nation today, every nation is operating with fiat currency, and we're the ones that taught them how to do it. The change that the Federal Reserve did was not just to change the facial picture on the money. What they did is they took the right that our Constitution gave to the Treasury Department to print the money and set the value there. And they said, let us print it for you, and then we'll loan it back to you. Right. Think about the stupidity of that. If, if you just think crazy. wisely, I'm already making something with my own hands, and then somebody else comes to me and says, let me make that for you, and then I'll loan it back to you. you know, that interest. Why would I why would I do that? You know, I know. It's mine to start with. I don't need you to print it for me and then charge me interest to have it. But that's what we did. We set that up on a national scale. And and where was the voice of the righteous when that happened? Why was there not a public outcry? It forces us to have debt or we have no economy. Yeah. You cannot buy anything in this country without a debt being created because if you buy something, that's the reason they print a dollar. So right. You buy a house and you ask for a loan, they print the money so they can give you the loan. That creates debt whether you are borrowing or not. Every sale, every transaction, every exchange has to create a debt now to be done. So that is not necessary, but it is something we chose to allow. And unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, the show... Okay, I wanted to show you something. Sorry, I'm, I'm hurting your eyes. But okay, so this is... Uh, I just wanted you to see all the central banks all over the world because of them. Okay, here we go. This is November 11th, 2017, that that, that this, was, this post was on the board. And it starts here, Rothschild owned and controlled banks. Did you see how it was earlier was talking about how they've used the Rothschilds, basically the demonic system, okay, to do this. That's what they were cooking up. There was what they were working up in that in that uh, Rockefeller uh, building, okay. And so uh, here's all these banks all over the world that have they have basically siphoned off the wealth of each of these nations, and so because they've been using this play money, the monopoly money, okay. So that's what this was was cooked up, and because they controlled. Wilson, who signed in the, the Federal Reserve Act, that, you know, he's saying, well, where were the righteous? 
Well, most of them didn't even know this was going on because of the fake news. And then the, the ones who were in the in uh, who were going to stop it, they went down with the Titanic. And then then the ones who were in the government, like Wilson, whether he wittingly or unwittingly, he he did he did this and to, to destroy America and all of the world. But <laughs> but we got Trump. We got Trump. So now we're in the awakening. So we now know what's going on and we're all joining joining and, and realizing what's happening. So part of it is being, you know, using uh, big tech to, to share this information with each other. That's what's happening. And we, you know, our enemy is not each other like they always try to say in the news. We're all, it's all becoming very, very crystal clear. Okay, I just want to show you one super quick thing and, and we're going to talk about this in the next few videos. I'm going to talk more about Daniel. I do a lot of uh, 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 videos exposing the, the lies that they told us about end times and specifically breaking down the, the the what it was the truth about the prophecies from the book of Daniel. But there's a couple that are really cool that I want you guys to read. And so one is Daniel chapter four, one is Daniel chapter five. Here's Daniel chapter five. And this is an, an event when the these evil, this bat Belshazzar was was worshiping the the do basically doing this the same kind of evil stuff. Okay. And it doesn't really go into that they were doing sacrifices, but they were they were worshiping Satan and using God's golden cups from the temple in Jerusalem. They were using that in Babylon and to do their evil sacrifices and evil evil worship. So look what it says. So they brought these golden cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. While they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So they're kind of sugarcoating it a little bit, but basically they're doing this, this some kind of evil worship. They're not just going, yay, praise him. They're, they're doing some kind of, they're using this to worship these, the demons. Okay. And so suddenly the Lord was not playing. Suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear and his leg gave way beneath him. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, the handwriting on the wall? This is where it comes from. Daniel chapter five, he saw the handwriting on the wall. Literally, he saw a hand writing on the wall. And he's now his knees are knocking together. He's all scared. He's like, oh, dear. Well, it's it's a little late now. OK, so he he's he can't and they bring in everybody, read the thing, tell me what it says. And so nobody could tell except for they called in Daniel and Daniel was able to tell what it means. And it's mine take a parson. Let me just move it over to 25, 27, 28, whatever right in here. Mine, mine, take parson. This is what the words mean. Mine means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. End times, end to an end. Take means weighed. You've been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. The, your time is up. You are corrupt. You are going down. You okay? They've been weighed in the balance. Parson means you've divi divided. Your kingdom has been divided. So remember that in I uh, talked about in Revelation, it talks about the this this mountain being divided into three parts, exactly like Q has told us. There's three sides of this triangle, and it's going to be de decimated. Parson. So that's what he told them. This is because you have worshipped 
you've done your demonic worship using God's golden cups and you're in serious trouble. And they're like, <laughs> whatever. Well, that very night, Belshazzar died. So I want you to read this, this passage because it'll help you to see this is really not just about Belshazzar 4,000 4, years ago or 2,500 years ago, rather. This is, yeah, it's 2,500. Um, this is about the this evil Phoenicians, this evil cabal, this evil group that has stolen the wealth of the world and has run game on us so, for so, so, so long. Okay. So then here's the one in Daniel chapter four. Um, look at this one. It's, this is a, an, an amazing story about how the king of the world, basically um, his, his name was um, Nebuchadnezzar and he was this king of the world. So just like these, this cabal, they've been running the world. They've been thinking they're the king of the world. Just like all these people, they're just thinking, well, we've always been running everything. We're going to always run it. But the Lord took away their his ability to even reason. He ran out of the, the palace like a like a wild animal and was eating cat eating grass like a cow. And, and just as the Lord said, you'll be you'll eat grass like a cow and you'll be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times, seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. Now, the great thing for us is, as, as we see in the book, you know, it says we're a thousand years of peace. He's giving the kingdom to us. He says, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Isn't that beautiful? He says that meek will inherit the earth. The ones who obey him, who the ones who love him, who would never even think of doing these types of evils to steal from people. Never even think of hurting children. And it just it's just the thought of it just makes us recoil. Anyway, but the stumps and the roots of the tree were left in the ground. And this means that you will receive your kingdom back when you've learned that heaven rules. And we're all getting a lesson for that. A lot of people are like, oh, Bible, what is God, that, whatever. And now everybody's going, I need the Lord. I need to know what the Lord's, when is the Lord? Yeah, let me, let me find out about the Lord, <laughs> which is great, which is great. And the good news is he is good. He is worthy. And, and we certainly do not want to have anything to do with these creeps, these demon worshipers at all. All right. So that's everything I wanted to share with you today. I know it was a little bit longer, but I, I thought it was important to show you that whole clip so you could see the picture of that. And yes, we need to talk more about the Federal Reserve, but at least you see where it was conceived right there. So again, this is freedomforce.live. Check that out. Check out, like I said, all these videos right here. And also definitely check out the health page. Here's all the videos, playlists, all that. So here's the social media, Telegram, um, Freedom Force Battalion. Here's where I post the videos, BitChute and Rumble. Here is my health page right here where I just talk about all kinds of things we've got to, got to, got to get our health back. So the, uh, I have short little videos that I put over there on Get Fit with Melly. So, and also how to lose weight, how to be pain-free, how to detox. I talk about that over there. Plus a lot of links are on this health page right here, how to get clean water. Please, 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 please. I still talk to people who are like, no, I haven't gotten the zero water filter, please. I'm not playing. Get the zero water filter. You will be so happy and definitely come join me over on. I've got some new things that I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to probably be posting them right here on Get Fit with Melly. So just um, we've got to get our health back. It's it's uh, what good is all this money if we <laughs> and Gasara if we're if we can't think and if we're you know so sick that we can't even function all right i think that's everything all right so let's um pray and then we're gonna jet we're gonna jet let's pray thank you so much lord that this is biblical literally thank you lord that that what 
what you have said in your word is coming to pass and that we're all going to find out that you are the one who rules. These people do not rule that, uh, you have a perfect plan and you've been, uh, uh, preparing all of humanity for the day when we would kick them out just like you said and that their kingdom would come to an end thank you lord that we get to live to see this on this earth and to be part of what you're doing and to be in this fight we thank you we praise you we thank you that we're going to have this beautiful thousand years of peace and we just again lift up everyone protect us lord strengthen us and uh keep us uh going help us to piece all these things together and to see through their lies and help our family and our friends to to uh to wake up oh lord uh we pray that all of this evil that is all pervasive throughout the internet and the lies the deception will just fall to the ground and uh, that soon uh we're going to see uh just this great mass start awakening and everyone uh come to to know what's really going on and that we just we praise you and thank you that uh you are the king of the world and that you are good and that you love us and that you're not destroying us. You are coming to rescue us. And we pray all these things in your great name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, I love you. And you know I do. And I will talk to you later.